Welcome to the Take 5 podcast series from Fortinet. You give us a few minutes and we provide five cybersecurity insights based on the current trends impacting today's technology leaders. This podcast series taps into the experience of the Fortinet Field CISO team, focusing on the impact of convergence across key industries and technologies. I'm your host, Jim Richberg, Fortinet's Field CISO for the public sector. And today we're talking with Renee Tarum, Fortinet's Deputy CISO. She's talking about the convergence of security and networking. Welcome, Renee. Thanks, Jim. It's great to be here. So let's get started. Digital acceleration has led to the network being used in ways we never imagined in the past. This shift has implications for security. So how should leaders in cloud security advance their network security strategy to secure the proliferation of devices and data? Yeah, Jim, that's a great question. I mean, you look at what happened over the past two years with, with COVID. Mm-hmm. And so for a lot of organizations, a lot of them were already on that journey for doing that digital acceleration, trying to leverage you know, the cloud to, again, increase efficiencies and being able to ramp up and ramp down technologies as needed. Um, but obviously we saw the pandemic, many organizations had to really accelerate that. Um, and so for a lot of organizations, um, that meant you know not really having the time to, uh, really think out and really plan that cloud journey. Um, and so you also saw a lot of organizations where anybody within the organization that had a credit card um, or was going out and you know putting up cloud instantiations. And so what ended up happening for a lot of organizations, they found that, again, they, they had more what we call the shadow IT going on. And then some organizations you know, really didn't take a business approach to it and, and kind of did like a lift and shift with some of their applications. Right. And what they found is that, you know, when you've got a poorly performing application because your business needs have changed, lifting, shifting that from your on-prem environment into the cloud environment um, really didn't save anything. And and if anything, it made matters worse. So it goes back to that old adage of garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. Or if you you slam your foot on the accelerator, it helps to be headed in a good direction, right? Right. So, I mean, so for a lot of organizations, you know, that also meant that they had to rethink, you know, their security. And what a lot of organizations found that, you know, not every organization is going to go be able to go 100%, you know, completely cloud in, in strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some organizations, especially some of the legacy systems that can't move to the, the cloud, or some that have some critical on-site applications that to compliance concerns, don't want to take that leap to going into the cloud. And so organizations found themselves now having mixed environments where they have some of the on-prem, um, some in cloud, and then also having different technologies and, and some of their uh, critical systems in, in multiple clouds. Sure, so and it's so, not, a, not a one size fits all problem, eh? Absolutely, no no cloud journey is, is the same for everyone. But what we did see um, is some of the things that organizations now are going back and revamping and, and reevaluating um, what their cloud strategies is. And so things that they're looking for is one, you know, understanding that visibility is a necessity um, having a complete picture of where their data and apps reside and what we call now, it's almost like a hybrid IT environments. Um, because again, you're, a lot of organizations are going to have some things in the cloud as well as some, you know, remaining on-prem. Um, and then how they integrate all these systems. Um, you know, being able to properly manage their data and apps in these environments, um, ensuring that the technologies and solutions they're using, especially for the security side, aren't siloed. Um, and they can communicate each other so that they can have that complete visibility and picture. 
Um, and similarly, you know, how do they be flexible in the culture of that mindset? You know, again, um, you know, the, the understanding that organizations uh, have to realize that there is going to be some disruption in, in that journey, um, you know, and that there is that shared responsibility model. Um, again, a lot of organizations think that, oh, if it's not, if, you know, not on my computer, it's, on, it's riding, residing on someone else's computer, then they don't have to worry about it. And that's simply not the case. And then last but not least is, again, ensuring that, you know, they have cloud native security solutions um, that can extend, you know, across their on-prem hybrid and, and, and cloud platforms. Um, even with the best security out there, we've seen still a majority of some of those breaches happening because of user error. Um, so really ensuring that, you know, things like your devices that are accessing the data from anywhere, um, you know, having that good endpoint security, um, but also making sure that you've got clear rules about, you know, who can access the data from when and where. Um, and so, and only ensuring that application employees are using the applications they need to need, you know, to absolutely do their jobs. So, Renee, you've described a pretty complicated situation. So, what new developments have you seen for converging networking and security in the cloud? Yeah. So, for a lot of organizations, again, it's it's taking that strategy of doing more of a zero trust access. Um, again, making sure they understand who and what's on on the, the network. Um, and ensuring that they, again, people eliminating access to only data that they absolutely need to do their job, um, but also ensuring that the platforms that they're le leveraging, um, especially in, in the cloud environments with the cloud vendors that they're using, um, ensuring that those environments can provide real-time actionable threat intelligence. Because again, we know the adversaries have been upping their, their game um, and being able to have that insight um, so proactively so that organizations can take you know, measures prior um, to attacks and being able to mitigate those attacks when they do happen. Um, and then also, you know, organizations were seen to reduce some of that complexity in their environments and increase some of their security effectiveness. Um, we're seeing a lot of CISOs and IT organizations, you know, taking uh, advantage of the cybersecurity me mesh platform approaches um, that Garden refers to um, in order to really help consolidate and um, make securing their environments much more easier to manage and more effective. Yeah. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And we always say you can't protect yourself against or from assets you can't detect that you have. But to your point on threat intelligence, I always say it's hard to protect yourself against a threat that you don't understand as well. So let me build on that, that point you made about, about uh, platforms. How critical is a converged platform approach when it comes to securing the network? For example, wired Ethernet connections and Wi-Fi. Yeah, unfortunately, in today's environment, you, you really can't be looking at network insecurity as two separate you know, domains. Um, they are heavily intertwined. And so having that converged platform you know, approach really helps organizations you know, to manage their environments in a consolidated way. And it's something I mentioned earlier about having that siloed approach. Um, you know, with organizations having you know, so many different tools and technologies, it becomes a, a management nightmare um, because now you have all these different um, you know, uh, desktops and, and different, um, you know, monitoring dashboards that you need to be looking at. And so being able to that taking that converged platform, it allows you to have more of approach of, you know, a consolidated visibility and control across your entire environment, whether that's on-prem, in the cloud, hybrid cloud, and whether you're leveraging your e Ethernet or your Wi-Fi networks. Sure, it gives you consolidation and power. 
That's really important. So you talk to a lot of executives. What gaps or needs have other CISOs discussed with you when it comes to securing their network? And how real are these concerns given the threat landscape we face today? Yeah, so we, we, I talk a lot of, of CISOs. And first and foremost, um, there's simply just not enough skilled resources out there. Um, you know, there, there's just, you know, even what we saw with the great resignation, you know, we, we found that with the pandemic, you know, a lot of IT and security personnel, you know, end up getting burned out, um, being overworked. Um, but that was even that was even complementing the fact that we just didn't even have, you know, enough resources even before, you know, the pandemic. 80% of organizations felt that they didn't have uh, enough resources, and it was hard to even find those with the skills. Um, but also uh, having technologies in their environments that don't work and play well together. Um, a lot of organizations took the best of breed capabilities and that particular tool was best for doing its particular function. But when they looked at their entire ecosystem, that tool wouldn't integrate with another tool in their environment. And so then again, it came back to having multiple panes of glass. And then you would have certain tools that only did that one specialized functions. And then you would only have that one skilled person in your organization that knew how to manage that tool. And when that person left, now you have another gap in your environment, because again, you know, a lot of the tools and technologies didn't work well together and they had single, single function. And so that kind of goes back to, again, another reason why organizations are trying to scale down to, um, you know, a more platform approach and having that integration, because that's the only way you can do automation, um, things that, doing things at speed and scale is when you have that ability to integrate and have those technologies work together. And then last but not least, again, something I mentioned earlier, being able to have that visibility control, um, again, not knowing where you know all that access and all the data and applications are residing and being able to manage and control and ensuring you have the right configurations, the right compliance in, in place in these hybrid environments, multi-cloud environments. Um, and that's becoming a big deal because you know, based upon what we're seeing in the landscape, um, we're seeing the adversaries, they're using more AI machine learning. Um, they're building their own scalable platforms to deliver more tax um, with more sophistication um, and more depth and breadth than we've ever seen before. And they're having more of an impact. Yeah, I think you, you've just described the reality that most, in, most enterprises and their leaders face. So what piece of advice would you give your peers when it comes to securing the evolution of wired and wireless networks as digital acceleration continues to pick up steam going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a multi-pronged approach, uh, Jim. I mean, when you think about it, you, you really need to have the people, the processes, and the technology. First and foremost, I mean, from the people perspective, you know, you really need to have training be really a part of your cadence uh, within your organization. It's not going to be a one and done, you know, I met that compliance checkbox. It's something that's got to be continually evolving constantly throughout the year because the adversaries are continuously changing their TTPs, their techniques, tactics, and, and procedures. And so as they evolve, we need to make sure that our people and our workforce are evolving with them so that they need to be on the lookout. Because again, we've seen the adversaries time and time again, using things like social engineering attacks, like phishing attacks, because they're cheap, they're easy, and they're effective. And so our people are a lot of times, you know, our, our best line of defense and often sometimes the last line of defense. And so we need to make sure that they're trained because when the adversary comes calling, you know, that they have that insight, they know to, you know, ensuring that they're not opening att attachments they didn't expect, not clicking on those links, um, you know, and ensuring 
um, they know what to do. Um, similar to, you know, building those relationships, you know, security and IT, we're enablers. And so when you're on your cloud journey or when you're rolling out new SaaS solutions within your environments, you know, we really have to have security at the table. And the only way we can really do that is ensuring that we build security champions in the business units. It's not our job in IT and security necessarily understand how the business function works, um, but we need to be partnering with them to ensure that they're doing their job you know, safely and securely and as efficiently as, as possible. Sure. Next, we'll be on the process side. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've seen the adversary, you know, is, is going to stop at nothing um, to try and get access into our environments. And so we've seen things like su supply chain security attacks. And so one of the things organizations need to be looking at is ensuring who you're doing business with, ensuring that they're secure. Because again, a risk assumed by one is a risk assumed by all. So again, doing that third party, you know, vendors, um, you know, questionnaires and ensuring that those people, um, you know, have, have the right security in place. Similar to your cloud vendors, ensuring, you know, again, because, you know, their security should be better, or if not <laughs> more compliant um, than yours. Because again, you're ultimately responsible for your data, no matter where it resides. And so if something bad happens, it's going to be your brand, your reputation um, that's going to be affected. And similar to incident response, um, a lot of organizations, you know, they say they've had that incident response plan built, um, but at the end of the day, they've never taken the time to exercise it. I can assure you, you never, ever want to be exercising your plan in the first time in the middle of a crisis, because you're going to find out that you may have gaps in your plans, that you may need to have other people at the table, you know, during this crisis. It could mean law enforcement. It could be other um, partners, your technology partners, to help with some of the mitigation and you know, doing forensics. Um, and similarly to having good cyber hygiene, um, you know, for organizations, that means having plans for doing your vulnerability and patch management. Um, time and time again, we've seen the adversary go after the low hanging fruit, not take, creating, you know, sophisticated zero days. They're simply just, you know, taking advantage of the doors and windows that we simply left open. And then last but not least is the technology piece. Um, again, you need to have the comprehensive endpoint security um, we've seen time, you know, that the endpoints are one of the most common and frequent um, points of entry for the adversary, um, making sure that you have that zero trust network access and knowing exactly who and what and why um, people are and the devices are accessing your network. And then also leveraging things that can provide some early warning detection and doing things like, you know, leveraging things like deception technology, where again, you know, you're simply putting out there you know, sophisticated next generation honeypots that can give you a heads up that if you have someone in your organization, whether that's a malicious insider that's trying to access resources that they shouldn't, or you already have an advanced persistent threat inside your network and they're trying to do things like move laterally within, within your network. So again, it's a combination of, of needing just people, process, and technology. There's no one single solution. It takes a multi-pronged approach. Those are all great points, Renee. Thank you for those insights. And thanks to the audience for joining us for this episode of Take Five. For more information about cloud security, visit our website, www.fortinet.com slash cloud security. The Take Five podcast is brought to you by Fortinet, securing your digital acceleration with the performance and scale needed to detect and prevent threats across an organization's entire infrastructure. 
including networks, endpoints, and cloud.